Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. DMVR Draft Pod, and I am your host, Andre Simone, as always, having myself quite the week on the draft side of things, joined by my guy, the man, the myth, the legend, the face, the voice behind DMVR buffs. He's here to slay some beavers this weekend. Jakester, how are you doing? What is up, Dre? I can't tell you how much I miss being on this show. Just talking some college football and NFL draft with my boys. Missing Justin, but uh, I'm I'm excited to be back, man. He's getting after that boot up in Wyoming today on this gorgeous Friday. So uh, follow along with DMVR Rams and everything Justin's doing. Ding dong, the evil witch is dead, Jake. They've beat the Chiefs. They did it. What a time to be alive. I was there, bro. It was amazing. So great. Oh, my. That was, without a doubt, my favorite day as a Broncos fan in, I, I feel like saying Super Bowl 50, but, man, it's just been so long to finally get one against them and the way they did it. It was amazing. I know. it. Um, It's crazy how good I felt on that victory Monday. It was just yeah. awesome. Uh, and the chaos has fully commenced in college football. Let me start by asking you this question. It's a pretty hard-hitting one right off the bat, but hey, it's uh, it's why you are who you are. Do you like the nickname Maserati Marv for Marvin Harrison? <laughs> <laughs> um, It's not the worst in the world, but okay. man, when Gus Johnson is saying it 10 times broadcast, just forcing it, I'm out. I'm out. Oh, oh man. Oh, what a shame. And uh Do you sadly, like Maserati Marv? No, it's pretty stupid. But oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> As an Italian, I I love that Maserati is getting some mm. representation, I guess. <laughs> but that does lead me into the main theme of this here podcast is with these silly old Broncos rounded into Sean Payton form. And uh, Maserati Marv, lighten up the charts. We've talked a lot about the top five. We could even say six guys in this class. We've talked about the top quarterbacks, uh, Caleb Williams, Drake May. We've even got into J.J. McCarthy, Shador Sanders, obviously, with the expert here on board with us, um, Penix, Bo Nix, you name it. We've kind of covered our bases. So 
what I wanted to get into is if the Broncos play their way out of a top five, a top six pick in this class, where those selections become a little more obvious. Justin and I did this exercise last week of a quick top 10 mock draft. The the top quarterbacks I just mentioned, Marvin Harrison Jr., Olu Fashanu, the left tackle for Penn State, and Brock Bowers, who promises to be a transcendent inline tight end prospect, are kind of the obvious yep. guys. We've we've already covered our bases here uh, in early November on those guys on this podcast. I wanted to get into that next tier of prospect if the Broncos were drafting in the second half of the top 10 or maybe even in the early teens. Um, and who, at that point, would we like to see the orange and blue uh, target with this first round selection, which would be the first in a three draft cycles. So still very exciting to be able to add some talent. And obviously we've seen young players emerge and what have you. So I hand the ball to you, Jake, with a guy in the conference you cover, Rome Odunze. Give us fit and draft value wise. How would you feel about a selection of Rome Odunze in that eight to 12 range for your Denver Broncos? I mean, he's a great player. We talked to, I talked about him a lot on my show last year. I mean, I talked about a few of these guys. We'll get to that. Um, all I had to do was grind 12 tape last year because I had a bad football team. So I watched a lot of them. Right. And Odunze is just, I mean, so smooth. He's got great speed. Uh, he's a great returner for Washington. And he is just in complete, like, mind meld with Michael Penix. Like, that combination of that dude's accuracy and Odunze's ability to attract the football. It's damn near unguardable, especially at the college level right now. Odunze is really polished. I do think that I want to see a little more, I think, top-end traits from him. I think that's something I'm missing, but I think this is a great all-around wide receiver. Um, the speed is there, of course. The playmaking ability is there. The tracking ability makes phenomenal catches. So he's an all-around guy, but I think there's some other receivers we'll talk about that I like quite a bit more. What are those technical aspects that you think are missing? I mean, he's got the route running. It's just the the top end stuff. Like, I, it's maybe this is just Pac-12 bias or something. I don't know. But uh, I watch like Malik Neighbors, for instance, and his combination of just speed, strength, um, and just after the catch ability. I think uh is Odunze for me at this point, and then Keon Coleman's just a beast. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to those guys. So. I'd like to, I don't know. I just feel like there's other guys that have more premium traits in that uh, kind of range right now. That's super fair. And I think we'll get into a lot of positions that are premier positions like wide receiver, where there is going to be a little bit of eye of the beholder with who is the top guy, or, you know, in this case, who is wide receiver two in this class. The the easy sell on Odunze is this is a kid who's 6'3", 217. And as you said, he's returning punts and he's taking them to the house. Um, he can burn you deep. I mean, 217 at wide receiver, that's bigger than Debo. It's just insane size. Yeah. And we have seen these guys with that type of NFL size who then have little guy type speed, which Odunze has. And then, you know, just him, Marvin Harrison, and Jerry Judy, instantly you have one of the fastest uh, wide receiver cores in the entire AFC, which is, geez, that's saying something because you have some true um, mm -hmm. insane units. So, Odunze, to me, 
that upside just on more of the the bare bones level is really intriguing. I see very few drops. Um, and I see a guy who uses a size that extends away from his body can make those, um, you know, those high level of difficulty grabs when Penix puts the ball placement perfectly. I'll start. I'll give the draft value wise in that range. I think it's an A minus. You might be praying that like Olufashanu uh, puts on a bong mask and a video drops like that morning or something. Uh, so maybe it's not an A, A plus. Um, as far as fit, it gets much more interesting fit slash need. There, it's maybe more of a B plus for me. Because I do think an upgrade at wide receiver to make this offense more dynamic could be needed. I don't think it's the tippy top need by any means, especially when I start to think of how do the Broncos get under the cap next offseason where you might be looking at some big needs on the offensive line, defensive line, what have you. I agree. I mean, you mentioned the cap hit. I think they're going to, the Broncos are going to have to do something at wide receiver just with the contracts that they have. And I, 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 I'm with you. I do think I'd like a tackle or a pass rusher more kind of in that area. But when you're cutting these guys and you need, you suddenly have a devoid of talent there at wide receiver. I wouldn't be upset with them taking, you know, Odunze in that area. I'm about the same as you probably B plus closer to that than an A minus at this point. Um, but you nailed it with the size. He doesn't really like strike you as an imposing receiver, but the size and just the combination of all his traits make him so good and so intriguing. Yeah, ball in his hand in a Sean Payton offense. I just wonder what could this guy be if you manufacture touches and you get such a dynamic returner, the ball in his hand. And as I said, Mims, Judy, Odunze feels really good. You mentioned the trenches. Mm -hmm. There's a possibility here that one of the cuts you're looking at next offseason is Garrett Bulls. Could you make a pairing of Joe Alt? with Mike McGlinchey, two Notre Dame All-American left tackles. Alt has been very impressive with the Irish. He plays left tackle. He's very big, uh, 6'9 plus or 6'8 plus. Um, But for a guy so big, he's amazing on the move as a run blocker. That's really the selling point. In some ways, I don't know. We we might even be cheating by talking about Joe Alt-Jake here because I see him as a bit of a top six here. Like if he's available and the off season goes where maybe you do need to make a tough cut. Um, maybe you don't even, and someone like Sean Payton still intrigued by this guy. I remember the Saints drafting Andrus Pete, the Stanford left tackle in the uh, top 20 and then starting him at guard because they were set at tackle. Joel, what would your grade be? Um, you know, sometimes it's a tough sell. Like, hey, we're rebuilding with this top 10 pick for the first time in a while. It's going to be an offensive tackle. He's imposing. He is massive. He's got great length. Um, and he's really square and, like, in control when he blocks, too. Like, he, <clears throat> he doesn't overextend too often. Uh, you don't see him falling over himself. He's an absolute mauler in the run game. Um, that's where you're going to get all the highlights from him. It's, he's not a flashy pass blocker, but he's very effective. I mean, he's a wall. He understands how to use his body really well and use his length really well. So, um, and just very square. I was really impressed just with how square he was when he was, you know, pushing guys down the line and then getting up to the second level. This is an athlete though. I think this guy was yeah. recruited as a tight end at Notre Dame. 
um, and just couldn't stop growing basically. So they had no choice but to put him at left tackle. And he's been very impressive. That entire Notre Dame offensive line with uh, Estime have been very, very impressive this year. Yeah, great point on Estime. I mean, that run game has been super impressive, and he's a big part of it. And then, I mean, value-wise, you know, Odunze, you, right off the bat, you start rattling off other wide receiver one type upside guys. With Alt, after him and Fashanu, there's a definite drop-off. There's a lot of variance in where guys are being ranked. Um, a lot of the high upside guys who you do see ranked even in this range, like a J.C. Latham out of Alabama, they're all right tackles, man. Um, if if you need a left tackle, if you truly are in a position where you need to replace Bulls or you're trying to find a future replacement for Bulls, who, as we know, is all – is kind of older for a guy who you know was was drafted after super bowl 50 um alt is kind of your only your only option so for me it's uh it's basically a's on both ends absolutely i mean you said it true left tackle uh sean payton if you go back and look at what he did in new orleans when they were kind of rebuilding towards the back end of Breeze's career they loaded up on these offensive linemen um so i think this would be a just typical Sean Payton pick if he falls to them, it'd be a no brainer. I think for multiple reasons and Sean would be very excited. And I think we'd have a definite upgrade at left tackle. Cone setter pick going with a wide receiver like Odunze or some of the other guys we may uh, debate in a second. You're, you're trying to match or outscore the chiefs, the dolphins, the bills, the Bengals, this kind of pick you're going to make them feel you after they've played you on Sunday. You're going to keep the ball out of their hands like the Broncos did on Sunday against the Chiefs where, you know, Mahomes touched the ball, what, three times in the second half. Um, Joe Alt is leaning into that. We're going full Bill Parcells, baby. Um, and that would get me excited. That would be fun. Let's go to the defensive side, Jake, where I'll let you talk about the prospect first, but I'm going to set the stage. I cannot tell you how excited I am about this young edge rotation. Really love, in retrospect, getting rid of Frank Clark and Randy Gregory, letting Nick Benito yep. emerge, a guy we were pretty high on. Jonathan Cooper, I mean, for a seventh-round pick, has just been um, such an incredible pickup at a premier position. And then Baron Browning was so high on him the first half of last season. Some of the flashes he had were truly elite and I do not use that term lightly, and he came back and made an instant impact. So while I like, and I think there's going to be a lot of edge rushers staring you in the face in this range we're talking about, I'm also kind of hyped, especially with Drew Sanders waiting in line as well, and we know Drew can play some of that, and we were high on him as well. Jared Verse, Florida State. How do you see that and the other edges uh, playing into this? I mean, he's massive. I love his size. Um, great hand use and a great get off too. I wouldn't really call him a speed rusher though, even though he has probably one of the better get offs that we watched. Yeah. Um, he's great in using his arms and his hands to swipe away uh, the tackles block or to just swim around people. Uh, it, it's weird to say that with a guy that has that get off like that to not call him a speed rusher. I just don't see as much bend from him as I would from your typical speed rushers. 
Um, you know, we always think of Von Miller when we talk about speed rushers, especially here in Denver. And that bend that he had was rare. At first, I don't even really see much bend, honestly. It's just a lot of uh, bowling through people. He does kind of run around some tackles and is able to get some sacks and tackles for a loss that way. Um, but he's an imposing force, man. He's a lot of fun to watch. He's a guy that was a, a, I don't know, top 10 prospect coming into the season. He's still kind of solidified his status as a first rounder. Um, I don't have his sack production right here, but from what I saw, he was running around everyone this year already so far. So I like him quite a bit. Um, I'd probably say, again, B plus A minus in terms of fit wise. So you'd be in on this regardless. You're like load up. Yeah. I mean, look, man, when you're going against these quarterbacks that we have in the division in the AFC, having this rotation of pass rushers that is deep, not only just good at the top, but deep um, is how you're going to be able to really do what we did to Mahomes on Sunday and do that uh, week in and week out, not just, you know, these flashes in the pan. Yeah, 100%. I mean, just look at the Niners and what they're doing, you know. Uh, You want to have a dominant defense. That's where the base starts. And I like that he has that power element. That's kind of like the starting point for him, as you mentioned very well in your breakdown. Um, so a, a change up from what Browning and Benito especially give you, mm-hmm. where they're more the get off bendy uh, finesse speed rushers that you have verse. He's been good. Um, four and a half sacks on the season. Good. Not great. If you watch the tape, you see he's getting in the backfield pretty consistently. He is being a little poo-pooed this season where he came in as the top edge rushers, other guys closing in on him, not having maybe an elite season, and didn't come in as like a Bosa, Clowney, Miles Garrett, where he could afford to maybe have just a down year. Now he's not having down years maybe to that right. extent. Um, but still, I, I think he'd be around in that range. Value-wise, I think it's more like a solid B He's not my top edge right now. Um, I think he's maybe the safest edge, but he's not the he's neither the highest upside guy, nor is he my favorite. So um, but fit wise, maybe he is the best fit because of how we were talking about him countering. Let's stay in Tallahassee with Florida State before we take a quick break. You mentioned him already. Keon Coleman, he's emerged as just a phenomenal wide receiver, transfer from Michigan State. Um He's big, but he plays massive, spectacular catches, game-winning, game-deciding catches, and big matchups already this season. Maybe the biggest riser we have had the entire year. I mean, honestly, him and Shador Sanders probably. How do you feel about Coleman? I mean, look, Mel Tucker has been in the news a lot. He should be investigated for football malpractice. I don't know how we didn't hear about this guy the last few years before this, because he is unbelievable. Um, He's kind of got it all, man. And he's another big guy, 6'4", 210. He returns punts as well. You mentioned his ability to play in the clutch, you know, come down with some game-winning touchdown grabs Mm -hmm. and just some spectacular catches, one-handed. Like, he is just all over the field. Um, I like his speed. He's a true like three level receiver too. They'll get him involved in the screen game. He's downfield. He's running yeah. intermediate routes. Yeah, he's really right, nice, right. man. I think he's actually. Oh, absolutely. He's probably my favorite guy. I think after Marvin Harrison, yoked up, plays 
powerful, violent, attacks the ball powerfully, violently. Um, dude, once again, kind of feels like people are underrating this wide receiver class like they were last year's. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm going to have several top 15, top 20 prospects who play the wide receiver position. And I think guys like Keon Coleman are going to prove us exactly right. With Cortland, it's a bit of a maybe someone must go. I think so. I mean, we t- I mean, man, what was it? Two years ago, right after they signed uh, those extensions, it was like they got to do something here. Like you can't just have these cap hits, and we're two years down the road, and they still have them all. So, yeah. um, I think he'd be. I mean, we already mentioned the size. He's physically imposing, so he can kind of do some of what Cortland does. I know Cortland's a little bit bigger, and obviously we've seen him do it in the NFL. But Keon Coleman, I think, profiles to me is like a wide receiver one, man. He is just out there owning kids. It doesn't matter who is lining up across from him. He brings it every down, and he does spectacular things too. No, he's a – what an athlete. What a tremendous, tremendous player. I think you'd feel pretty good about all the four guys we just talked about in yeah. orange and blue. Um, so – even if the Broncos keep winning, might not be the worst thing. And if the Broncos keep winning, you can get the best deals in town for last-minute tickets at game time when you use that code DMVR for $20 off at sign-up. Jake's been able to go to a bunch of Broncos games, and I know he's always using game time on the app, finding last-second deals. We had our social guy, Nick, who was trying to find last-second tickets through other like secondhand things he got scanned it was like dude come on kid use game time like they've got you covered and there's the game time guarantee i always joke with jake that he like moved to denver and like you know it's it's the pilgrimage that so many people make in their 20s like you jake where you go from a bit more of a a small town uh certainly not denver to then the big city and you can go and see shows and what have you but you're such a grinder. You haven't been able to see shows, but you have been able to see live sports. And it's all thanks to the good folks at game time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download their game time app, create an account and use our code DMVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code DNVR for $20 off. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Then shout out to our friends at FOCO, the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with an amazing product line. It's got apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, bobbleheads, all the fun stuff that you see. I don't know if you noticed, Dre, but those like overalls with just the team logo on them, they're going, they're like going crazy. Yeah, I I see them for all the teams out there. You got to go to FOCO to get your hands on them. Um, we got baseball or basketball season starting up. Get your Nuggets gear from Foco. They have our back for Colorado sports and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in our description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code DMVR and you'll get 10% off at Foco. Beautifully done. Let's keep this rolling. Let's get into Malik neighbors, man. You already teased this. We've talked about wide receivers. This kid at LSU is leading the country in receiving yards. Some of his highlights are absolutely bonkers. That LSU offense has just gone crazy, and he's like the star of the show. 
Um, he's different. He's different from these other guys. He's not above six foot like them, but he still has those spectacular catches in his bag. Like Keon Coleman, he still has that speed in his bag. Like Romo Dunze. Where's he stack up, man? Where, how would he look in a Broncos uniform? And maybe that same debate of Cortland Sutton or Keon Coleman, do you have to do that with Jerry Judy at the Broncos with neighbors? Oh, man, I still love Jerry Judy. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit that. But, man, Malik Neighbors. Um, I say Keon Coleman was my favorite after Marvin Harrison. Malik Neighbors is right under him. This guy, pretty much the same thing. His The thing that stands out to me is his speed and his burst. Um, you really see it in his route running. You see it when he's after the catch. After the catch, he's a demon, man. Yeah. He is just throwing people off of him. He's running across the field, doing all this crazy stuff. Uh, I love his route running. It's pretty polished there. He's imposing, too. I don't have his specs right now, but I'll get them. Um, this guy is, he does everything for LSU. I don't think he returns punts like the other two. Uh, 6'1", 188, so not as big as the oh. other guys, but he plays really big for his size. Yeah, He's really impressive. I think he's really well-rounded, and I guess Jerry Judy would be the most similar to him on the Broncos roster right now. Um, I don't know. It hurt me to see Judy go, but if it, they got neighbors instead, I'd be pretty hyped. Neighbors could be a true one. Another guy where it's like, man, what could Sean Payton do in getting this guy touches in space? How just amazing would that be? So twitched up. I thought he was sub six feet, but you're right. He's six one. Um, best thing I can say about the kid is similar to the Jamar Chase eval. He is so competitive at the top and at the end of his route. Yep. And man, when you have when you can say that, holy cow, you've got a special one on your hands because it's the suddenness right off the bat. And then it's like how competitive he is at the catch point, how physical he is, and then what a demon he is to tackle ball in his hand. Straight up playmaker. Again, kind of surprised this guy isn't getting more like top ten buzz, frankly, right now, because the talent is overwhelming. We'll get into him in this massive matchup against some NFL corners at Bama this weekend in a game that means absolutely everything. Okay, I've held off because I felt like, ah, per consensus, maybe that this was too high. But I got to talk about my guy, Chop Robinson, edge rusher from Penn State. Sadly got injured um, midway through the Ohio State game. So we got to kind of monitor his health. Uh, he took over the Iowa game. He's the next in line of the Penn State freak athletes that they pump out over there. Um, and that juice track, that fast track over there, I expect him to run just savage numbers. He's got power. He's twitched up. He's got violent hands. He's uh, probably better attacking you inside, but plays with such great natural leverage. He'll bend you. I love his upside. I love how many boxes he ticks. And I love how competitive he is. He would be one of my absolute favorites, Jake. Um, in fact, he might be one of my top three favorites on this list that we're making, which is saying something. I love Chop Robinson. How are you feeling about this guy? This guy is so fun to watch, man. Yeah. 
You nailed it. He's just violent. Everything he does is violent on the football field. He moves with like reckless abandon. He doesn't care who's in front of him. He's going to get through them. He's just a ton of fun to watch. Um, Great get off. He explodes off the line. He does have some of that bend that you're talking about. And he's got some great, you know, moves in his upper body, being able to use his hands and arms to get by tackles. Um, Size-wise, we're looking at 6'3", 240, so not bad at all. Yeah. Um, not huge, though. He's fun, man. I really enjoyed watching him. No, he's uh, he's really extraordinary to watch. Um, let's fly through these last couple, Jake. Jerzevon Newton, the Illinois defensive tackle, is a big one. We talked about Offensive tackle with Joe Alt and Garrett Bowles being a potential cut. DJ Jones could also be a potential cut. Don't know that I love this defensive tackle class. Newton, when I watch him, I get why. Um, he, he's he got size. He's got get off. He can be a really, um, really dangerous interior offensive lineman in pursuit. Uh, if he, he can make one move and be in the backfield in the blink of an eye. I just don't see it consistently enough. Leonard Taylor, defensive tackle from Miami, getting some hype. I don't know. In this range, I don't think the value would uh, would justify it. And this is something I feel like we've been we'll be saying maybe the rest of our lives as the interior D lineman class is a bit underwhelming once again. Yeah, this is another guy I think who uh, came into Illinois rather undersized. I think he was playing a different position. And they put him on the defensive line. Um, he is he's an interesting one because he's an athlete for sure. And you, it shows up on tape, like the way he gets by people, the way he runs to the ball carrier and uh, harasses quarterbacks. I mean, there's no doubt about it that this guy is able to do some pretty special things for his size. Um, I don't really care for the way he plays with leverage at this point. I feel like he gets tied really, really quickly off the line. Um, and that, you know, when that happens, he kind of just relies on his natural athletic ability and just um, being a better football player than most of the people he lines up across from. So he's able to just throw them to the side and just make easy plays. So I don't know how much that translates to the NFL, but he's a fun watch as well. Uh, like I said, a natural athlete, something that's pretty rare when we talk about a lot of these defensive tackles. And it's why you take a guy like uh, Jerzon Newton in the first round is because he's a true athlete at the defensive tackle position. So there's a, there's, we have quite a ways to go, I think, until he's even close to a finished product. Um, but he's got some intriguing traits and again, just a true athlete. How you described him makes him sound very much like a Sean Payton guy who's all about the trenches. Mm. Um, yep. Yep. You got to see Leitu Latu, the edge rusher from UCLA, live. There's a lot of, like, I, you know, I've seen him as the top-ranked edge. I've seen Chop. I've seen Verse. And I've seen Dallas Turner from Alabama. So Latu and Turner, who's really turned it up this season. Um, how would you see those guys? Man, Latu is – he's amazing. Um, he lines up all over the line. Uh-huh. Like if you watch the Utah game, he's like lining up over the center, just like yeah. swimming past the center. Yeah. Um, the get off probably isn't as flashy as guys like Chop Robinson or Jared Verse. Yes, but his arsenal of pass rushing moves. I mean, he's got the spin down. He's got the you know the swim. He's got the the swipe and all that stuff. Yeah, he's got a great toolbox there. 
Um, and just another guy. I mean, I've been watching this guy just dominate Pac-12 uh, offenses for the last two years, and he did it. Got to see it in person last weekend against Colorado. I think he had two or three sacks again. Um, he's just very smooth. I wouldn't really say he's got the best get off yeah. um, again, but the guy is a pure athlete. He can line up all over the line. I think he's around 250, 260 pounds. Uh, some decent bend as well. I think he's pretty well-rounded, and I would not be surprised if he's a top edge off the board this year. Yeah, he's length and power. He's motor. He's ferocious. He'd much rather go through you than go around you, um, but he has some of that bend. Um, and again, the length helps him there and some of that get off, but that's not the selling point. Uh, yeah, he's he's really interesting. And again, like um, we were talking about with Verse, a guy who would kind of contrast the more finesse rushing of Browning and Benito. Dallas yeah. Turner has really impressed me. He's more effort, pursuit, athleticism right now than like some of the yep. refined moves or like the power going through you. He'd much rather go around you and chase you down um more length and power than i maybe gave him credit for and upside wise i feel like he might be pushing with the highest ceiling with chop robinson so at, at edge that's always something i agree i mean this when i watched him he's just a guy who's a five-star athlete at alabama yeah. i don't think he's got it completely figured out yet um, but it's just so noticeable, man. I mean, he just, guys just slide off of him when they, you know, meet at the line of scrimmage and contact, he just is able to disengage and, you know, pursue the ball carrier so easily. Flipper. You already mentioned the athleticism, uh, great motor. He will find the football. Um, it's just not all, you know, in terms of like Leatu Latu, you know, that guy has an arsenal of pass rushing moves. He's able to line up all over the line. Dallas Turner isn't quite that yet. I mean, the the strength and the size are all there, um, but you're still waiting to see it all put together. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of true ceiling and taking a guy and developing him and molding him into a true NFL pass rusher, he might be the top one in that department. Yeah, he's uh, so intriguing. And there'll be so many more guys we get into throughout the season. But I, I wanted to start here. Jake, rank your top three of the dudes we just talked for the Broncos for you. I think, oh man. I think I go Latu, Chop, and then Turner. Mm. Uh, at any position. Oh, at any position? Any yeah. position. Let me go with Latu, Keon Coleman and Joe Alt. Wow. Um, I went Odun. Maybe Alt over Coleman. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But so that's the top three. I'd go Odun say Alt yeah. Chop. And I, I might fidge with that order too, but I think those are my top three. Verse turns out we're all a little lower than maybe we initially thought. That was fun. And I, I mean I was just going to say, he kind of has the benefit of the doubt from what I mentioned. He came in as a guy who was like a top 10 dude. And, you know, you mentioned it. He's not going to be your Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett. Who you just go, oh, I mean, this guy could probably sit out the last seven games and still be first overall. He's not that good. So, right. um, I don't know. He's a guy that we got to dig into more, I think. Too. For sure. Um, 
And I mean, there'll be other positions. There'll be other risers. There's plenty of quarterbacks to talk about still. This was fun. I really enjoyed this. Thank you, Jake. I've been grinding all this other O-lineman tape um, with kind of the next tier of guys. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling this class. I'm getting into it. I'm excited. I wish they had a second class. But, hey, we won't dwell on that. Um, As you're watching football this weekend, as you're grinding tape with us, highlights on YouTube, what have you, never a bad time to have a Breck Brew by your side. You can find a Breck Brew near you at the at breckbrew.com for their beer locator. You know about Breckenridge Brewery. They are true homies. I was seeing they've got an event going on tonight at the old farmhouse, which is going to be amazing. Um, I've had family in town. We've we've had all sorts of Breck uh, variety packs. The uh, Fun Slinger was a big hit. I had a little Mountain Beach leftover that Justin hooked us up with. That's Jake and Justin's mm-hmm. favorite. That was gone in two seconds. I, I never got to even try one of those mountain beaches once I returned people from the airport to my home. Uh, that's that's what Breck Brew does. It's the beer of DMVR. They're delicious. There's a Breck Brew for you out there no matter what your taste is. Check out the beer locator at breckbrew.com to find a beer near you. All right, Jake. Big matchups in college football. Big games. Big picks for you let's do it man um go texas kansas state kansas state at texas let's start there landon bb probably the best prospect on ku against that great defense and texas has a ton of wide receivers a top tight end jonathan brooks they're running back getting a lot of hype quinn ewers's status is uh up in the air and Kansas state is playing with two quarterbacks. Lots to decipher here. Texas four point favorite. Hey state's been rolling recently, man. They just took it to uh, Houston. Did the same thing in TCU the week before. I think man, <laughs> Texas is kind of back for me. I, I really like what Sark is doing there. Um, I think I got to take K state here though. Yes, yes. Oh, man, you got me there. Yeah, you got to take K-State. They're a good team. This is a great spot. I think they've improved a lot since uh, Mizzou upset them earlier in the season on the last-second field goal. I just think that's the smart play here. Give me Mizzou or give me K-State all the way. Ohio State at Rutgers. Rutgers actually has a good record at Rutgers plus 18-and-a-half. I know I'm surprising you with this one, but Shiano has um Shiano. The number one team in the country. What are we doing here? <laughs> what is the CFP doing? This is crazy to me. Um, I don't know, man. We talked about them, I think, when they were playing Maryland, and that line was like 18. And I was like, that's just too much for this team. They, they're just, court isn't good enough, I don't think, to cover this confidently. Uh, am I really going to pick Rutgers here? What a time. I'm picking Rutgers here. Yes. Yes. That's a consensor, baby. All the way. Um, Mizzou at Georgia for the SEC East. Missouri just one loss. I mean, they could they could be in the driver's seat with the SEC East 
if they pulled off an upset in Athens, um, all of a sudden Carson Beck getting some draft buzz. Bowers will not be playing. Um, I don't know if Marius Mims, the Georgia right tackle, who's definitely a prospect we all need to keep an eye on, is back. I don't think so. Missouri's defensive line is really good. You were talking about their uh, playmaking wide receiver. Uh, mm-hmm. Something like Kalim Bowers. Luther Burden. Thank you. Luther Burden the third. Um, yep. And then, I mean, they've got some some playmakers in the defensive backfield as well. Mizzou, a 15-point dog here on the road. Look, Georgia had their struggles early in the year, but I think this was just a team that lost a lot of talent to the NFL, had a new quarterback trying to find themselves. I think Georgia fixes their muscles here. Um, They're at home. Give me the dogs. I think the same exact thing. Um, I think this is where Georgia really pops. So much NFL talent at all three levels. Um, I mean, on this entire team, you see someone from Georgia pop, it's safe to say they are a prospect no matter how old they are. Must-watch game. This one's going to be really entertaining. Um, Less prospect watch, but more entertaining as always, and it's the last one in a while. Bedlam, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Cowboys plus six-point favorites or six-point dogs in this one. The prospect to watch for the Broncos is the Oklahoma right tackle, Tyler Guyton, who is uh, really has some immense talent. And Dylan Gabriel was getting some Heisman buzz not too long ago. But, of course, Oklahoma coming off that upset to Kansas, which I had. Um, so, on the road in Stillwater, how do you see this one? On the road in Stillwater really gives me pause here. Yes. Yes, but should. I think Oklahoma just has a big advantage at quarterback. So I think I'm going to take the Sooners. Yeah, I don't believe in Oklahoma State. Um, I know they're ranked. They haven't played anyone. And it sucks that they're in this spot, but they're catching Oklahoma after an upset to Kansas. So yep. ultra-motivated. I kind of think they smack them. Okay. Prospect-wise, the two best matchups of the weekend, Washington at USC, wide receivers, quarterbacks, galore to watch, O-line talent, um, watch Washington's left tackle, watch uh, the edge, Breland Trice for Washington, and watch number seven, the safety for USC, Bullock. You don't know, Broncos might be in the market for a safety Those are just some of the many headliners here. USC at home, plus three-point underdogs. Can't do it, bro. Can't do it. I got to take the Huskies. Um, I haven't seen anything that's convinced me that USC is one of the best teams in college football this season. Um, I mean, you go back to really the CU game. They only won that game by seven points. They go to, I think, double overtime or overtime to Arizona. Uh, win that game by two points, lose to Notre Dame, lose to Utah, and then they're in a dog fight, 50 to 49. They need a two-point conversion to beat Cal. I can't do it. I'm taking the Huskies. That defense cannot stop anyone. You have to take the Huskies. We are in such trouble with all these consensus picks. Like, 
I know. <laughs> we're about to be devastated. Please, no one bet these. Um, <laughs> LSU Alabama is an amazing one. Jaden Daniels, this offense has been so dynamic for LSU. He's even starting to get buzz. Alabama's defense is starting to look like an Alabama defense. The edges, the corners, wide receivers are starting to play better offensively. Um, Milton's kind of finding a groove. Standard home three for the Tide in this one. And it's a late game, 5.45 p.m. That's going to be 7.45 in Tallahassee. This one's going to be absolutely lit. I expect it to be an all-timer. Ultimate clash of styles. Yeah, what a game. Can't wait for this one. Um, I don't think I get to watch this one, unfortunately, though, the late kickoff in Boulder. But, man, I think I'm just going to go out of limb and take LSU. I think they have the quarterback advantage. Um, I know Alabama's coming along defensively. I just think LSU's really started to hit a stride. They had a big win over Army. Um, they beat uh, Missouri a few weekends ago and one big over Auburn. I just like the weapons. I like the quarterback. Maybe that's the wrong side of this matchup to take. Um, and, you know, Jaden Daniels pick six completely flips the game on its head or something, but I'll take the Tigers in an upset. Amazing. I'm taking Alabama. I think this is where Saban gets Sabany. Um, and I think he just keeps the ball away. He, uh, he, harasses Jaden Daniels he finds ways to slow down the wide receivers and it's a lower scoring game where LSU's offense is just kind of uh neutered and uh and lessened this way so that's our only differing one if LSU wins we could be setting ourselves up for a three-way tie with Ole Miss Alabama and LSU Having all beaten each other, of course, Ole Miss would have to beat LSU. That's going to be the ultimate clash of styles, or not so much clash of styles, but like best on best, dynamic offense on dynamic offense. It'll be tons of fun. Mm. This will be a great weekend of football. Jake, great slate. I could, I could just hear how you'd grinded all these guys. It was, it's just the best, man. Nothing I enjoy more. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you all for tuning in. Of course. And, uh, yeah. I mean, you put me in my element. I said it before we started the show, Dre. You put me in my element. I just had nine guys, nine names, and just had to grind through them all. So, love it, bro. Did you get to Landon Jackson? I did. There was, there's not too much on him on YouTube, but, I mean, I saw what I needed to see. This guy... Um, he's a, he plays on the defensive line. This is not like a big dude, like with a, you know, like a pot belly and stuff. This is a big human. He's like six, seven, two sixty, And he just looks like a regular guy. It's crazy. Yeah. This is the Arkansas defensive end. He's an LSU transfer. Um, his Alabama tape is absolutely freaky. Looks like Marcus Davenport out there. He's a guy that just screamed Sean Payton. He, if he can do anything yep. like that in any of these other games, we'll be talking about him in April quite a bit. Oh, just yeah. the best. Thanks, Jake. Thank you guys again. Uh, we'll catch you next week.